So this morning, uh, I want to preach a message to you on the promotion of attitude. The promotion of attitude. Did you bring your Bibles? All right, let's make our declaration this morning. Help me out, Big John. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. I'm empowered by its love. I overcome by the faith produced from receiving this seed sown into my heart. Father, I thank in these next few moments that by your Holy Spirit, you will come and bring clarity, revelation, and understanding to our lives. I thank you that by your Spirit, you will minister to our hearts. I thank you that burdens will be lifted, yokes will be destroyed, and we will be set free by the power and the ministry of your Spirit in Jesus' name. Somebody said, Amen. Amen. James chapter 4, and beginning, if you would, in verse 6 with me. But he gives more grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to who? The humble. Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will what? Flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your heart, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. How many have that on your refrigerator? Probably not. But verse 10, though, is the key. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother... Judges his brother, speaks evil of the law, and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. For there is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? How many know that in order to enter into judgment of somebody, we actually have to become critical of them? The only way you can become critical of somebody is to have a wrong attitude towards that person. And so it's important that we guard our heart, especially in terms of relationships in that area. And it really takes humility to walk in the right attitude. Amen? Go with me to Philippians chapter 2. And uh, I want to read a couple more verses with you as we get into this. Philippians chapter 2. And also I'm going to read part of it out of the Amplified Bible. Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse Christ. Uh, verse Christ, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beginning of the one that talks about Jesus. Verse 5. Amen. Let. 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 The word let means allow it to be. So whether it ever happens or not, it's going to be because you allowed it to be so. Allow it to be so. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and taking the form of a servant and coming in the likeness of men, being found in appearance of man, he humbled himself. And became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and of those in earth and those under the earth. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. And so all of that is coming about because Jesus had an attitude of humility. The Amplified says it like this in verse 5. I'll just read verse 5 to you. The Amplified. It says, let this same attitude, let this same attitude 
and purpose and humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility. I like that. Amen? Now, I want to read one other verse to you. You don't have to turn that. I'm going to read Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 uh, to you. But before I do, let me ask you this question. How many know attitude comes from our heart? If anybody has an attitude, they have an attitude problem, they have a heart problem. Amen? Verse 23 says, Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance. And above all that you guard, I like this, above everything that you guard. How many have locks on your doors? How many locked your car when you came in? Amen. Why? So you're guarding your possession. You're, you're guarding. Locks guard. They protect. So listen to what he says. Above all that you guard, guard your heart. For out of it flows the springs of life. Let me put you like this. Attitude flows from your heart, and your attitude determines the condition of the spring of life coming out of you. Amen? So look at your outline with me as we walk through this. Uh, we're talking about this because we're better together. How do you know to get along with somebody? You know, uh, you know, to get along with somebody, you have to have a good attitude towards one another. You have to have a right attitude to get along with people. Praise the Lord. Attitude will always determine your performance and, qual and qualify you for promotion from both God and man. In life, as in flying, attitude determines altitude. Planes have an attitude indicator dial that they reveal the position of the plane to the horizon. When the plane is nose high, it is climbing. When it is nose down, it is descending. How many know when you're flying, climbing is better than descending? And so it, it, it's an indicator, and actually when a plane is flying level and it's maintaining an altitude, in order to maintain that altitude, it, it has to have a slight nose-high attitude. Because if, if the nose ever goes down, then it begins to descend. So in order to, even to stay on the same plane and maintain attitude, you have to have a nose-high attitude. So let me ask you this morning, how's your nose doing? How's your nose doing? How's your attitude How's it going? See, climbing always takes more power and produces less speed, while descending takes less power and produces greater speed, usually followed by impact. <laughs> the fact is that if you desire to fly for very long, you will have to have the right attitude. Pilot training teaches this. It teaches attitude flying. When you're being struck, you're taught to have a proper attitude alignment. Here's a key. A change in our attitude will always change our performance. Just a change in your attitude. I, I need to perform better. I'd like life to turn out better. Well, just change your attitude. How many know when you show up for work with a poor attitude or a bad attitude, you can pretty much determine what the rest of the day is going to be like? How many like it when you work somebody and that's, work with people and that's the way that person shows up? They walk through the door and you go, man, this is going to be a fun day. All based upon attitude. It is important to know that the indicator in the plane is not there to irritate the pilot. Why'd they put that? It really bothers me. That they, why, why do they have to put that dial in there to tell me that all the time? It's not there to irritate the pilot or frustrate the pilot, but to reveal areas that need improvement. The pilot has a gauge and the believer has the word of God and the Holy Spirit is our instructor. 
He works on our attitude to increase our ability to climb in Christ when we work together with Him. So whether it's working with people or working with God, you have to work together. It takes a right attitude to work together. Would you agree? You see, we have a new slogan for our church as we're bringing our church together and do that. But together we dream, together we grow, together we build. It's amazing when you start working together with the Holy Spirit that He starts to give you. The Bible says that we have dreams and visions. That God gives us dreams about the way life could be. We get to have visions about that. As we work together, he begins to show and reveal how he's partnering with us and what will happen when we partner and work together with him. And then we begin to grow and we begin to build. Working together, whether it is a church, a family, a couple, as friends, as a community, or as a country, is always affected by attitude. How many can tell right now, just listening to the news and listening to the political climate of our nation, our country has an attitude that sucks right now. People have drawn their lines on which side of the political spectrum they're going to be on, on their issues, social issues, economic issues, racial issues, whatever issue of issues it is, gun issues, rights issues, this issues, that issue, and everything is based upon, and everybody's got an attitude about every issue. And so what is this? It's keeping us from coming together, and it's creating division. So attitude either unites you or divides you. Would you agree? And so if we don't adjust our attitude, if we don't guard our heart and our attitude, then we end up in trouble. In Philippians 2, Peter gave us the attitude of Christ that's supposed to be in us. Number one, Christ's attitude was selfless. He made himself of no reputation. He himself, he lowered himself. But also he had an attitude of security. He wasn't afraid to humble himself. He wasn't afraid to take a lower position. He knew who he was. It's amazing when you just have confidence of who you are in Christ. How that helped your attitude. And then he had an attitude of submission. He was submitted to the will of the Father. And in order to submit to authority, it takes a right attitude to walk submitted to authority. Would you agree? And so we can have the same attitude. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, for this is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And so it is a reasonable service, but it's a service that we render to God. It's not something he may, everything God asks, we have to voluntarily give and submit to. And only for that to happen, I have to have have a right attitude of living in obedience to the word of God, of living a life compliant to what God asks, only because anytime God asks me to comply or to obey his word, it's always for my good. How many know God doesn't need any help? We're, We're not helping God out. We're not benefiting him. We're the benefactors of everything he asks us to do. God doesn't benefit from what he asks us to do. We're the benefactors. But if I have an attitude that God is asking too much of me, why is this? Why is that? That's amazing. The attitude people over just God trying to bless them. God asks you, he asks you to do something so he can bless you. And they go, whoa. Amen. So my, my job is trying to help you get your attitude straight. Praise the Lord. You need to be glad you don't have my job. <laughs> Amen. So watch it. See, when you change your mind and you change your, you can change your mind and you change your attitude, your outlook, your performance, and you also change your results. With just a change in our mind and our attitude. Think about that. 
Here's some honest questions about attitude for you this morning. What happens when attitude is producing and dictating undesirable results? What happens? Well, I cheated. I, I asked the question gave you the answer. Everything and everyone is wrong but me. When you have a wrong attitude, everybody and everything is wrong except you. How many have ever talked to that person? How many it was you talking to yourself in the mirror? Amen. So when you have the wrong attitude, everybody's wrong but you. Everything's wrong and everything is wrong with you. Attitude affects that. So let me just, how can our attitude be changed? Anybody want to give me an idea? How, how can we change our attitude? Humble yourself. Humble yourself? Okay. Anybody up? Pardon? Say it again. Spanking, yes. Bend yourself over and whoop on yourself for a while. Amen. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, let's get that. we used to talk about an attitude adjustment. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> amen. Um, we have that old saying, give yourself a checkup from the neck up. Pardon? Look in the mirror. Yeah, that's good. Um, let, let me ask you, where does attitude come from? Huh? The heart. So how can you have an attitude adjustment without a heart adjustment? And everything God does in our life, he does and speaks to our hearts. He, God deals with your heart. God doesn't like talking to your head. He's looked in there and he's scared. So God never talks to our mind. He only speaks to our heart. Amen. And, 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 and everything we get, you know, how many know the sower sows the word and the word goes into your heart, not into your head. So when I receive the word in my heart, it produces a harvest. So I change my attitude by allowing God to change my heart. And see, if my attitude is changed, what will be the ramifications to those around me? What effect will it have? It'll affect everyone. Even your dog will be happy. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> Let me ask you this. How did Jesus' attitude affect our lives? How does his attitude that we read in Philippians? Hmm? Of selflessness, of security, and submissiveness. How, how did that affect our lives? produced our salvation amen because of his attitude towards us we're the benefactors his attitude made us the benefactors of salvation <clears throat> next what will happen when we let his attitude take over our lives other peoples will become benefactors of us having the right attitude it's different between somebody benefiting from our attitude or being negatively influenced by our attitude or affected. Amen? Number six, how much of the fruit of the Spirit pertains to attitude? All of it. Amen. Go with me to Galatians chapter 5. If you're there in Philippians, just turn to your left a couple pages. You'll end up in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. How many know all those come out of your heart, not out of your head? And so it all comes from the seat of where our attitude, our emotion, and all that is supposed to be. And so the fruit of the Spirit generates a godly and right attitude in our lives. 
Against such, Paul says, there is no law, meaning that nothing can prevail, meaning that it overcomes, if, if you compare it to flying, it overcomes the law of gravity that holds you on this level of life and hinders you from flying or rising above where you are now. You see, with the plane, the law of lift and thrust and aerodynamics take over in the natural and in the spirit. The law of the spirit takes over in our personal life. And so what happens is there are circumstances and situations that affect our attitude. And when we allow them to get into our heart and affect our attitude... They, they become oppressive thoughts and, and restricting thoughts. They come like gravity upon our lives. And, and so w- without a greater law being in force, the, the, the law of, of lift and thrust become, together becomes greater than the law of gravity. Okay? The, the law of life in the Spirit in Christ Jesus is greater than the oppression of this world. And in order for us to rise above it and to fly in Christ where he's called us to be and to live above, then we need to make sure that we maintain and keep a right heart at all times. Are you with me this morning? You you see, the Bible says in Acts 10 that Jesus went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And oppression is a weight. It's oppress. To oppress, to push down. De-oppression. Depression. De- de- depression pushes down. It, 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 it just is it, crippling in our lives. Are you listening to me? And, and oppression is, is just cumbersome and restrictive. And it's amazing. Sunday night, that's what happened at, at Word of Life. We ministered for people who had been oppressed by their past and emotions and, and, and a lack of being able to forgive themselves. And the Lord just moved mightily. It, it was wonderful. And so in this area, we have to be careful that we guard our hearts and, and, and to allow the Holy Spirit and, and walk by the Spirit to lift us into that arena. You see, a hardened attitude is a dreadful and fatal disease. A hardened attitude. There are a lot of people who have some hard attitudes about things. There are a lot of people who have hard doctrinal attitudes. Positional attitudes. Political attitudes. Attitudes about everything. Just hard. Amen. It's okay to have an opinion. Have a perspective. But never let it make you have a hard attitude. Amen. Because... If you'll find that, that those things don't stay contained to one area. I, I can't just have a, an attitude about this in this area that's negative and expect you to keep that confined there. Negative never stays negative in one place. Doing all right? Or a hard or a bad attitude. It doesn't just stay there. So it, it is, it's a fatal disease. It is life-threatening. So I, I love what John Maxwell, I want to walk these 10 points with you here. What, what is an attitude? John Maxwell said this. It is the advanced man of your true self. Your attitude always shows up before you do. Amen. Most of the time people come in, you can tell, you, you can see attitude on people. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? You just see it. So it, it is the advanced man of your true self. The inward root. That will determine your outward fruit. I like that. Your attitude is either your best friend or your worst enemy. Your attitude is more honest and more consistent than our words. 
Your attitude, our attitude is an outward look based on past experiences still held inside. This is danger. That's why I said this is fatal. It's life-threatening. How many know that Jesus said that we're called to forgive? In fact, the Lord's Prayer ends with, part of the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And Jesus said, if you don't forgive those that are indebted to you, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. I don't know about you. I need a lot of forgiveness. I daily uh, need a full, a full supply of forgiveness. Amen. And so what that means, forgiveness is this. Hear it again. Hear it again. An outward look based upon past experiences still held inside. When you forget, how many are glad that when you came to Christ, the Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, he separates you from your transgressions. Which means that, that you can never come in contact with them again. And God never brings them up in your life again. Amen. But what we do is we hold on to things. And we have an attitude towards people based upon our past experience. And so when they do something, we like to bring up the past. And when we do, instead of just dealing with the situation at hand, we compound it with past experience. And, and, and our attitude gets intensified negatively by what we bring out of the past. Are you with me? And so it's so important that you forget and forgive. To say you forgive somebody also means you get to forget. When you forgive somebody, we're supposed to forgive like God in Christ has forgiven us and never bring it up again. Yeah, but remember that time. No, we don't get to do that. Amen? Because if you don't, attitude will be affected by our past experience that we hold on inside. Number six, our attitude is that which draws people to us or repels them from us. We've all experienced like that. You get around people and just go, you know what? I don't know if I really want to hang around that person or not. You can listen to them talk a little bit. And pretty soon you go, I, I, I just don't like that attitude. Is anybody here this morning? Am I just talking to the wall? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. The pastor, you're getting a little too close to home. Okay, that's my job. Number seven. Attitude is never content until expressed. We get an attitude, next thing we want to know is tell somebody what we think. That old saying, give them a piece of your mind. Some people are giving away just a few too many pieces. Amen. Hold on to what you have. You don't have that many to spare. Amen. Number eight, it is librarian of your past. I like that. The librarian of your past. Number nine, it is the speaker of your present. And number ten, it is the prophet of your future. Go with me to Ezekiel 37. And yesterday morning, I was up early and going over. I spent about four hours putting this message together yesterday morning. And uh, as the Lord laid it on my heart for today. And, uh, and I was good. So I got up this morning. I, I mean, just as I woke up this morning, my alarm went off. And, and as I woke up... Uh, God quickened Isaiah, um, excuse me, Ezekiel. I said, Isaiah, go to Ezekiel 37. And he quickened this passage to me. 
And I'll show you how it applies to our attitude. I'm going to read the first ten verses with you. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of dry bones. I'm going to speak to you about the prophet of your future. Then he caused me to pass by them all and abound and, and around. And behold, there was a very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So as I answered, O Lord God, you know. And he again said to me, Prophesy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. See, there are times when we're looking at things and it looks like dryness and barrenness and brokenness and no life, no possibility, no turnaround. And God says, is it dead or is it alive? And we say, you know, Lord. And the Lord said, just declare and speak my word. Amen? It is the prophet of your future, your words, your attitude. And so verse 5, thus says the Lord God to, those, to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and surely you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones, bones came together bone to bone. Indeed as I looked the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered over them but there was no breath in them then he said to me prophesy to the breath prophesy son of man and say to the breath thus says the Lord God come from the four winds breathe O breath on these slain that they may live so I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceeding great army and you know what? There are times in our life when we're going through situations and, and you'll sense the Spirit of God. It's like He's saying to you, hey, what do you see? What's before you? What, what are you seeing? Because many times if we'll listen to God, He's talking as much as we're asking. Because prayer is many times asking God to move on your behalf. But if you'll listen when you pray, God will actually ask you, what do you see? What do you need me to do? What is before you? And, and he wants you to say, hey, well, I see dry bones. Well, Lord, this is the situation. Then you'll feel the Spirit of God. Is it dead? Is it dry? Is it barren? Is there hope for life? And you need to respond back, God, you know. And then the Spirit of God will rise up on the inside of you. And he will give you that attitude adjustment. The next time, instead of speaking death, instead of speaking failure, instead of speaking fear, you'll feel the Holy Ghost begin to direct you to begin to prophesy and to speak life and to expect to see the word of the Lord come to pass in your life. Amen. Amen. And it's all connected to your attitude. So prophecy, when we speak, what we speak depends upon our attitude, which affects our outlook and our perspective. We need to ask, is it too dead? Is it too dry to live again? Or is God saying, Speak, Because too many times we'll go, no, that's beyond God. But are, are we supposed to be declaring, no, with God, what? All things are possible. Amen? And it just because many times we just give up, and we give up because we accept an attitude of defeat. I'm no longer a slave to? I'm a child of God. And as a child of God, I get to ask God, hey, God, what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to declare over this situation? Amen? 
So what do we do? We let the same winning attitude be in you that was in Christ. So how many know a bad attitude can suck the oxygen right out of a room? Out of a room, out of a friendship, out of a marriage, out of a work environment, out of a church, and out of life. Think about it. Attitude, though, is always connected to choice. Always connected to choice. No one has to have a bad one. I've been people that I just have a bad attitude today. Well, why would you choose that? The Bible says choose life. Amen? And besides that, I, I, I looked it up between servants because the Lord quickened it to me. Just hold on to Proverbs 17, 22. You know what Proverbs 17, 22 says? A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. In the margin of my Bible says it says this. It makes medicine even better. So if you're taking medicine, you can make the medicine better. Amen. You can prove it. You can get God's anointing on it. And Mary Hart does good like a medicine. But what? But a broken spirit dries the bones. How about you? I think I just choose to be happy myself. People say, Pastor, you're always happy. Well, what's the other option? Amen. It doesn't matter whether life's going good or going bad. I've been through bad and I've been through good. And I'm still here. Are you doing all right? So when we're going through stuff, guard your heart. I said guard your heart with all diligence. How you guard, keep your attitude. And uh, I just felt like this was a timely word for people this morning. Amen. So watch that. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth the bone. See, attitude is connect that choice. No one always has a bad attitude unless they choose to. We all choose our attitude. Amen. It, nobody makes you have one. We get to choose what kind of attitude we're going to have. Amen. Now, let me just wrap this up with this. We live in a world of words. We hear happiness, acceptance, peace, success, love, and, and it just goes on. But there's only one word that will heighten the possibility of our desires being fulfilled or prevent them from becoming a reality within us, and that word is attitude. Attitude affects everything. The primary force of whether we succeed or fail. Yeah, but Pastor, you just don't know what's going on in my life. Well, God gave us some things to make sure we keep our attitude right when things aren't going real well. James chapter 1, verses 1 to 2. Count it all joy when you fall in diverse temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works. Patience. Patience is, a, is having a consistent attitude. Amen. Paul said it like this. He says, I, I know what it is to abound. I know what it is to abase. And I've learned to be content. I, I just learned to be consistent. Just God. God's going to get me through. He's brought me this far. He's going to get me through. In, in all things, just trust him. Amen? Come on. If, if you can't do anything about it, it doesn't do any good to worry. The more moments you get to worry, worry brings about depression. Why would you want to depress yourself? You've got an enemy trying to do that to you. Why would you want to volunteer to be on his side? Anytime you volunteer to worry, you volunteer to be on the devil's side, destroying your own life. Because worry produces depression, anxiety, and a spirit of defeat. Amen. So I just choose not to worry myself. The best way to not worry is to quit thinking. My wife accuses me all that all the time. <laughs> what are you thinking about? Absolutely nothing, honey. How do you do that? That's easy. I have an off switch. And it's off most of the time. Amen. Because, I mean, if I can't do anything about it, why do I want to sit down and stir things up on the inside of me that's going to cause, that's going to depress and oppress my attitude towards life and to people in every situation? 
Jesus, Jesus commanded us. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Five times he said, don't do it. Amen. Because when you worry, it affects your attitude. And your, atti- your, your attitude never gets better. I've never met one person who had a great attitude worrying. I'm just so excited today. I've been worrying all day. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, you talk, you did, I mean, next thing you know, they're, they're sucking all the helium out of your life. You were floating, doing well, and they're over there going, <laughs> you're coming down, and they're going, hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's just no fun. Amen. So, Peter said it like this. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trials that come against you. Don't think it's strange. Amen. Go with me to 1 Thessalonians. Are you doing Okay. I'm just trying to help your attitude. The Lord told me some of you needed this this morning. Don't look around. (laughs) First Thessalonians chapter five. Look at verse sixteen. Now, I always meet people say, well, I just can't memorize scripture. Here's one scripture everybody can memorize. Two words. If you can't memorize this, you see me, you come up for prayer. Amen. <laughs> come on. How many could, everybody, everybody look up here. How many could quote it right now after looking at it? Okay, what's it say? Rejoice what? Rejoice what? <laughs> Always. Yeah, but no, not just when things are going well. Not that, no, always rejoice. How I many know rejoicing is a choice? The, the choice to rejoice. God, this thing, I choose to rejoice. Even in time. So think about one of my favorite pastors. I used to sing a song about, about Paul and Silas. It's being the dungeon. And the song that I will praise the Lord. Sitting in the darkness, and, and Paul, Paul, Paul and Silas sitting down there. They've been beaten in Acts chapter 16. They're thrown in the dungeon. They're chained and they're shackled. And at midnight, I, I just kind of get this picture. Paul's going, Silas, I feel a song coming on. He just starts singing, I will praise the Lord. And next thing you know, the, the chains fall off, the doors open up, because they cho- after being beaten, after being imprisoned and, and whipped and, and sitting down in, in just the, the, the deepest, darkest part of the dungeon, they choose to rejoice always. And God breaks through. But, but it was a choice to not let the circumstances darken their attitude. And God came through. Are you listening to me this morning? It's kind of like, how, how many know that, that, that if you ask him, you say, man, this is the valley of dry bones right here. You know, it looked dead. It looks hopeless. It's a hopeless looking situation. But he began to rejoice in the Lord and God breaks through. And not only do they come out, but they lead the Philippian jailer into the Lord. And, and, and the first church is planted in that region as a result of them rejoicing after being persecuted just for setting the girl free from demonic possession. Amen. So it's so awesome. Then look at verse 18. Look at verse 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. How many know giving thanks is an attitude as well? You have to have the right attitude to be thankful. In John 16, look at what Jesus said. In the world you will have what? 
tribulation and trial, persecutions, affliction. But look what I said. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Have overcome the world. Amen. See, see, the Bible says that submit yourself to God. Watch it, part, part of that, we, we read it, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. How, how do you do that? Submit yourself to God, being obedient to the word. God, I don't understand what's going on. I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to be depressed. I'm not going to worry. I'm just going to act like I got good sense. I believe you're God. I believe you know where I'm at. I believe you know what I'm going through. I believe you're working on my behalf. I just choose just to praise you, even in the midst of a situation. Situation, I have no answer, no explanation, no understanding that. I'm just going to praise you because I believe you're God. I believe you're good. I believe you're on my side. I'm going to guard my heart. I'm going to protect the issues of life. And God, I believe you're bringing me through. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, you come. God, I'm just going to guard my heart. And God comes through. Amen. In the middle of it, you get to act like you got good sense and everybody thinks you're crazy and that makes life more hilarious as you go. Amen. Amen. So think about this. Attitude always determines response. Do you feel the world is treating you well? If your attitude towards the world, life, and the people around you is excellent, you'll receive excellent results and response. Some people never see a positive opportunity in life. If you feel just so-so about life, your life will just be average. Amen. Talk to people who are saying, get around people who are success. They're not saying, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to make it. I never know how I'm going to give it up. No, no, people are talking. They're talking. They have an attitude of success. Amen. Get around people who are struggling and listen to their attitude. It'll be the prophet of their future. Think about it. When we feel badly about life, we tend to get negative feedback from life. Think about how many people are satisfied to relive the glory of their past instead of creating the future, creating the potential in their future because of an attitude. They let something happen that they, they have an attitude that their best is behind them instead of in front of them. The moment we do, our list of accomplishments in life is just ended. People tease me all the time. Now, now that I'm over 65, people you know, say, what are you doing? I said, I'm not winding down. I'm winding up. I'm in my prime. That's my attitude. I'm in my prime. Amen. I'm the smartest I've ever been. I used to think I was smart. Now I know I are. <laughs> Amen. So watch this. See, the future is built upon the positive attitude that I have yet to see, do, and be my best. Your future. I believe God. God still has more for your life. Amen? Think about that. Jesus said it in John 10. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Abundant life flows from an abundant attitude. So I'm trying to encourage you this morning. Choose the right attitude. Attitude affects aptitude and performance. If I don't have the right attitude, then I don't apply. Amen. Every Sunday, there's a reason in this that God tells ministers and preachers that he'll deliver you from their faces. Because sometimes here looking out is scary. Amen. Some of the attitudes looking back at you, some of them are like, go ahead, just try to move me. 
I've heard better than you. You think you got some from me? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Amen. And I love it. Amen. I'm like Dirty Harry, make my day. <laughs> Amen. So think about it. See, attitude makes it different. And it always, aptitude, so what you get, your attitude when you come to church affects your, what God's able to speak into your life. And then how that word performs in your life. Just this one adjustment can change your whole life. Hear me this morning. You are never done until you are done. Don't quit. Don't give up. In fact, it was awesome. Uh, uh, Wednesday night, I, 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 uh, the Lord just led me ministering about the Holy Spirit there at Word of Life. And uh, so the, the congregation that Dennis has joined with is an older congregation. And, and uh, several of the families there are in their 80s and that. And they've been staying there. This is their church. They've been going there for a long time and that. And so we're just talking. And a, and a couple of the ladies, uh, uh, senior ladies there, just just hungry for God. And one lady, Carla, been talking to her. And, and she's just talking about prophecy. I said, well, come on, Carla. Go ahead, man. Prophesy, believe God, step out, believe God to use you in the gifts to edify the body. And so Wednesday night, I ended with a, 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 a prayer service, commissioning service, and releasing people to begin to flow and to operate in the gift. And, and I had four little ladies, all of them in their 80s, up there pressing into God. Why? Because you're never done until you're done. They're just going, hey, I'm not done yet, man. I'm here. I'm at church. I'm hungry. And, and, and they want to see a move of God in their church. I, man, I was fired up. Amen. I was excited for him. Praise God. Awesome time. So you're never done until you're done. God never puts an end. Matt, if you'll come back. God never puts an end to what he will do through our lives. The only one who puts a period on your life with God is you. The only time God quits working in your life is when you say you're done. And you're just going to settle in and, and you have an attitude of I'm done. Amen. Sue and I, well, Sue got it. I don't, it's on my side of the bathroom over by my sink. I think she thought I needed it. It's this little sign on my side of the bathroom, right by my sink. So every morning when I brush my teeth, I look at this sign that says, Pray big, worry small. Trust God. Love one another. Laugh more. Stress less. Have faith. Rejoice and be grateful how many know every part of that is attitude that that sounds just an attitude reminder every day i'm gonna pray big i'm gonna believe god for big things think about that i'm gonna worry small i'm gonna worry small in fact i worry so small i don't worry i'm serious i don't i tried it once it made me feel uncomfortable Like if people offer you something, do you like that? No, I don't like that at all. I don't want to eat it again, try it again, anything. Amen. So, trust God. Love one another. Laugh more. Stress less. Have faith. Have faith. Have faith. Believe God's on your side, guys. He's on. Just have an attitude of faith. The just shall live by faith. God, I believe your word. I believe what you said. 
Lord, you saved me. <laughs> You've done so many miracles in my life. You're an amazing God. I believe you're on my side. Rejoice and be grateful. So what does that mean? Dream, grow, and build your future together with people God's placed in your life. I'm excited about where we're going as a church. I've never been this excited about a service change in our church in a long time. I'm excited about our church coming together. I really am. Next Sunday, I'm, I'm, I, I can't wait. I really, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm jumping up and down on the inside. Because I jump higher inside than I do outside now at my age. So I'm jumping really high inside right now. Amen. But, but I'm excited for us coming together. I'm excited for unifying in vision together. I'm excited for you being able to meet people that go to our church that you don't know and them to be able to meet you and and bringing two churches, two congregations together for common purpose together so we can grow together. Amen? So what do I do? Believe your best is yet to come. Believe your best is yet to come. How do you do that? Live with an attitude of gratitude and watch what happens. I shared in first service when Sharwan was here from India. We had them over to our house for dinner and we cooked. And Tim and Eve and Wayne and Sally and their families were cooking. And they were making this Indian dish and uh, with kidney beans and stuff. And I'm opening the cans of kidney beans. Or actually, Sharwan was asking if he could help. So I was getting ready to open the cans and put it in the... In, in the uh, dish I was making and I pulled out the counter not electric not fan, I just pulled out the hand crank can't you squeeze crank and he goes wow you just squeeze and do that goes, yeah he's kind of can't spin around pretty spectacular <laughs> goes wow he goes we don't use a lot of canned goods in our in our country he said, the last time I did that, I just opened it with a knife. I said, we want the can open. You can take that with you. Amen. He goes, no, we don't use that many cans because that's really cool. And I just got, thank you, Lord, for can openers. Thank you for can openers. Because it's perspective. Your gratitude is on perspective. See, we have great desires instead of appreciation for what we have. And if my desires ever get above my appreciation, it'll affect my attitude and my gratitude for what God's doing in my life. Today, when you go home, you should be excited you're walking into your house. You should be excited for the provision, God. Excited that you can go out and start a car and drive that Maybe you're here today and you even have the resources to go out and enjoy lunch with somebody. What a blessing. Because I guarantee somewhere on a street corner you'll drive by someplace that somebody just sitting there with a sign says, could you help? And you could help. But if I just had an attitude of gratitude for what I have. Jim and Lisa build tiny houses for veterans who have no place to live and give them a little 8 by 12 house to live in so they have warm shelter in a place. No running water, no bathroom, just a bed, basically a bedroom. 
connected to a place where they can use facilities in that. So if you have more than an 8 by 12 house, you should have some gratitude. It may not be your lottery dream home. But God's blessed you. And I find this, the more I have an attitude of gratitude, the more I appreciate what God's done in my life, the more He opens doors of increase and blessing in my life. Amen? So when was the last time you made that list of all that you have to be grateful for? Hear me this morning. It's your life and your future. So choose the right attitude. I'm going to ask you to bow your head with me just for a moment. I said earlier, when I woke up this morning, God laid that scripture in my heart of Ezekiel 37. And I really felt like the Lord was saying and putting that in this message that there's some of you and looking at your life and the situations it looks dry it looks barren it looks like that valley of dry bones or situations and circumstances around your life that just look like a valley of dry bones and in the natural when you look out upon it, it looks beyond hope or restoration or there's no visible solution that can be seen so unless the word of the Lord comes to you you can't see any way around it. And so it, it, but looking out upon that, it's caused you to say that another way, that it, it, it's affected your attitude. Even in the area of worry and stress. I want to tell you the word of the Lord to you today is just this. See, when you ask, say, Lord, can these live? The Lord said, can these live? Ezekiel said, Lord, you know. And God said, prophesy. Your attitude is the prophet of your future. And this morning, some of you just need to prophesy. You just need to let the Holy Spirit rise up on the inside of you. You need to let God calm those emotions and those areas in your life. And you need to let the Holy Spirit just stir you to prophesy, to begin to speak life. Because God says this, think what, look what God said, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. Thoughts for good and not for evil. Thoughts of hope and a future and to bring you to an expected end. And so even when a situation looks beyond that, you can just prophesy over your situation. Father, I thank you. This looks barren. This looks dry. This looks like something that could never live again. I don't see any way life could rise out of this. But Father, you said that you have plans for me. And you have thoughts towards me. So today I'm just going to declare your plans and your purpose concerning me. I'm thankful that you are thinking of me. I thank you that you are working in my life. Even when I can't see the answer or the way out. Think about this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three Hebrew children walking into the furthest. They, they just said to the king, whether you let us go or whether you don't. Whether you throw us in the fire or whether you don't. They had no idea God was going to meet them in the fire. But they refused to let the challenge affect 
their attitude and they held on to their faith in God. And when they got in the fire, got, were thrown in the fire, God started dancing in the fire with them. And when you let your attitude and hold on to your attitude, God will show up in your situation. He'll show up in that circumstance. You'll find God. Some of you might feel like you're in the fire. You'll find God standing in the fire with you. And next thing you know, he'll be dancing with you in the fire.